This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Okay, so. I need to get up to speed on this whole Bella Thorne story because all I heard was she made $2 million in two days on OnlyFans. Yep. And I was like, that sounds like a pretty good gig. Well, there's a whole, she do that? there is a whole controversy, as the British would say, controversy around Bella Thorne joining OnlyFans, but also some drama about what happened when she joined OnlyFans and how she came across that $2 million and what that meant for the other people, the content creators on OnlyFans. And I didn't really understand any of this until I read the piece in Vulture. Um, Bella Thorne apologizes to OnlyFans users. And I was like, well, why is she apologizing? And then I found this Twitter thread uh, from this woman named Erica, who's like a MD, DDS, PhD, blah, 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 who had um, who kind of laid it all out. And so I thought I'd share it with you because... Can we rewind really mm. quick and say, like, what is OnlyFans? So OnlyFans, think of it like, you know, people think it's like, People do porn. Okay, so yeah, porn. There's some like, uh, um, it's not even necessarily porn, but like, think of it like an adult Twitter. Okay. So you follow people that you want to see their content. Much of it is sexual. Okay. Or nudie patooties. So like, let's say you have an OnlyFans. And okay, Colleen Lindstrom. disturbing. <laughs> Colleen Lindstrom has an OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And um, I did read an article about a woman who acts like a dog on OnlyFans because she's into pup play. Yeah. So there's that or people yeah. who like like to show their feet. Yeah. You know, it it's actually so think of it again like Twitter. But to get access instead of just following someone, you have to pay to follow them. OK, got it. So it'd be like, um, you know, you pay ten dollars a month, maybe, you know, four dollars a month. It, they'll run specials, you know. You pay a monthly fee to get access to the content that the person you want to follow is creating. Um, and then it's just like Twitter. Like every time they update it, you'll see a thing. And if there's like a video or a photo or some kind of sexy story or, you know, look at my foot, whatever it is. So it's a wonderful platform for individual content creators to make money off of their own content versus, say, you know, like going to work for like an adult film studio, sure. right? So it's very sort of democratic in it's that like way. It's like DIY. Or egalitarian her. or whatever. Yeah. D- yes. It's kind of like you do your own thing. Mm-hmm. The criticism for Bella Thorne is that she is an existing celebrity who sort of showed up on the platform and because she is a celebrity has an instant audience and just raked in the dough. 
But the controversy is so much bigger than that. So this woman, Erica Heidewald, on Twitter, I don't know who she is or what she is, but she seems to know things. She says, if you don't understand why every sex worker hates Bella Thorne's stinky guts and how she endangered the livelihood of hundreds of thousands of creators, let me explain it for you. First, Bella Thorne made an OnlyFans and made a million dollars in her first day. That's not the bad part. Then she sent out a $200 PPV message, which I think what that means is you had to pay, like, if you wanted this message... You'd pay two hundred bucks for it, uh, pay per view, and in the in response, you would get a nude photo. Mm. So when subscribers paid to open the photo, they found it was her in lingerie. So she felt, sc- or they f- people felt scammed, right. right? And so then they say, "I want my money back." And then OnlyFans has a policy that you get your money back if you're scammed. So if somebody says, "Like, look at this," and you click, and it's not this but it's like you holding like a bag of like groceries from kroger or a bag of uh goldfish at bridge farm then you can go to OnlyFans and get your two hundred dollars back does that money come from OnlyFans, or does it well OnlyFans is so yeah it's like uber in that they they're the platform so they're taking a percentage but they guarantee you know that transaction so suddenly a bleep ton of people ask for their money back which caused problems for OnlyFans because they have processing costs, right? Mm-hmm. So then suddenly people are requesting millions of dollars in chargebacks, which would make them otherwise lose a lot of money. So, you know, that that's like a huge, huge hit to OnlyFans. So then what OnlyFans did in response was say, from now on, we will only reverse $50 of that amount back. Right, so that they can stay in the in the black. Exactly. So right. instead of like if you felt scammed for $200, we're only going to uh, guarantee the first $50 of that. So what that instantly did was mm. prevent a bunch of other, or excuse me, no, not $50 back. I said that wrong. They only allowed people to do those PPV videos or pictures for $50. Oh, so, so everybody because, else got screwed then. So everybody else suddenly was limited to charging fifty dollars. So because of Bella Thorne, they and because of the problem that she caused, they inst- they instantly created a, a site wide rule that affected all of these content creators. So people who were able to say you want to look at my n- naughty parts. For 200 bucks can only charge you 50 now so that's real money and it might not seem like a lot but if that's your livelihood and that is income i mean that exactly. is yeah you're right so that's why people were mad at her that's why people are frustrated that you have a star show up and bella thorne her whole thing is like i just thought i was raising awareness and taking the stigma away from sex work and they're like uh ma'am we were doing that already. We didn't need you. Thank you. Okay, wait. So then can we also rewind? Because that's the other part that I think I'm missing to this story. Is why why did Bella Thorne... I mean, not that she... But she does have like another platform in life and that she's already a celebrity. She's already an established celebrity. So why, why did she go through OnlyFans versus like starting her own website, right? Where she was controlling all the money. Like, what was it about OnlyFans? Was it research for a role? Was it... Oh, I think she wanted... Just she wanted money. Cash. They came to her and said, 
I'm sure that the people of OnlyFans are like, we want to mainstream this app and give it more, you know, uh, appeal. And in, in bringing it mainstream, we need to bring mainstream uh, celebrities so that it'll raise the the profile and platform. But that's like, look at any social media platform. This happens all the time, whether it's YouTube or Twitter. I mean, you there are YouTube is a great example because there were tons of content creators who have had like since lost their livelihoods because of the way once the app becomes so mainstream, right. it changes the way that it, it monetizes its content. So if you read Bella Thorne's like big, long schlemiel, she's basically saying, like, I wanted to bring more attention to the people who are doing this work and remove the stigma. And everybody's like, well, okay, sure, but not really, because I think maybe the million dollars you just made. So then as sort of like a gift at the end, she's like, well, tell me what your accounts are and I'll publish, I'll promote them on my thing. So, you know, you can get attention too, because that's a thing they'll do where like right. content creators will share other content creator stuff and they'll do it in turn to sort of, you know, cross, um, cross, what's the word? Like cross, cross, promote. cross promote. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a little too little too late. Like the damage is already done. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just a big hot mess. So if, if we dial it back to our blind item, now that I'm like more familiar with the whole story, yeah, Holly, can you, uh, unleash that blind item again? got a blind item for you, Nicole. It's a little something like this. This former Disney actress is expected to be sued as early as today for fraud in a class action lawsuit from hundreds, if not thousands of customers that she lied to. The company she uses for her scheme will also be sued. Uh, Saying that, of course, she and OnlyFans will be sued by the people. I don't think that is um, what anybody intended when she got on OnlyFans. Mm. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, Brian Austin Green is talking about his relationship. That's not new. Uh, But he is saying some new things about his relationship with Megan Fox. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. Well, Brian Austin Green is talking, even though nobody asked him any questions uh, about his relationship with Megan Fox and her new relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Bradley, I want you to hear, I mean, a little bit about what he had to say. And then help me decipher, like, what the heck? Why? So he did his very own Instagram live session on Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. I am too. Um, And he just sort of like without, like nobody was interviewing him. He just was talking about his relationship with Megan Fox. Their split. The fact that she is now in a twin flame relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. And he said of the relationship... Um, He basically said, you know, listen, like, I think that relationships are such that you're not always together. Like, sometimes you're on the same page and then sometimes you sort of go in your own separate ways Mm -hmm. and then maybe you come back together at some point. Um, He says, I never say never. I kind of feel like people are in paths in life and sometimes your paths are together and you travel that path together and you see eye to eye and then sometimes paths do different things. 
We had an amazing 15-year relationship. We have three beautiful kids. We shared a lot together. We really went through a lot together. Right now, the paths are different, and she's on her path doing what she feels feels she needs to be doing to be happy, and I'm on my path doing what I feel like I need to do to be happy. It's not for lack of love. Well, this seems a little more intelligent than the things first coming out of his mouth and Instagram feed. What were, like, so the first things that came out of his Instagram feed were him traipsing around with Courtney Stodden. Yeah. And then with Tina Louise. That was her Instagram. Well, actually, that was... That was paparazzi in the beginning, and then Courtney was posting the hot tub video on her Instagram, and then he was posting that whole thing about his kids after she posted the Machine Gun Kelly thing and was like, my man, and he's like, my man. It's weird, right? Because it's like, now he's trying to take the verbal high road, Yeah, but he hasn't been displaying that up until now. Yeah, Um, He did say of Machine Gun Kelly, which, by the way, can I just say, Mm. I watched... I was on the VMAs. He performed on the VMAs. I was yeah. like, "Oh, he's like a like he's like a thing. Like people know who he is." <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't know what a Machine Gun Kelly really was. Yeah. Any who'sy what'sy. Uh, he says Brian Austin Green said, "Do I like Megan's new man? I've never met him. I have no idea. I can say yeah, I've heard bad stories about him, but I've heard bad stories about myself <laughs> oh, as God, well. That's cute. And so I know I most of those aren't true, right? As of right now, I have no problem with him at all." I really hope that he and Megan are happy because it's important that she's happy. And it's important that everyone is happy. Like, what's he doing? What's going on? What do you mean? Like, why is he... What is, what is this performance what's, that he's putting on for I us? think he's just trying to, like, uh, sort of wrangle his reputation back after looking like a total D-bag. And, you know, I mean, he's also trying to be something. Right? right in the moment like he's you know being photographed out and about in public which again when people are photographed out and about in public it's because they want to be photographed out and about in public yeah. so there is some intentionality behind him getting attention and i don't know if it's because he doesn't you know he needs to create opportunities to do some stuff like maybe i don't know what's going on in his life in terms of his career so i don't know if he needs the publicity but he well, obviously think, wants it i think you're onto something because i also think he's still so one of the things we've tended to around brian austin green is the fact that he's sort of um trying to portray himself as like the doting dad like the super present father like the cool dad so this by the way is a 39 minute instagram live that he posted and the caption was, I have no idea how the... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find... Find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. This works. Smiley face. Like, I'm all thumbs over here just trying to, you know, chat with you fans and let you know what's going on in my life. Yeah, I mean, he obviously. Uh, I don't know what the what the reasoning is, but he obviously wants it out there in the public because he's doing it. He I does. Mean, he wants you to know. He does think that at some point their paths will cross a little bit again. They'll okay. regulate and run parallel to each other. Okay. Not necessarily the same, but that's okay. Sometimes you have to really sort of really swing far away from something to find more stable ground to stand on. So it's a lot of. Nothing and everything all at once. Yeah, I'm not sure what his journey is right now. I'm not either. You know what? I will say what I've always been curious about with Brian Austin Green is that he didn't really do much after he did 90210 and then did 90210 again. Like, he doesn't really have a very deep um, curriculum vitae. <laughs> You mean in terms of like like his roles, like yeah. he just that's the only role he's ever really played. And then the fact that he was married to Megan Fox was also like the other most important role he played. He was in Biker Mice from Mars. I did love that movie. It's a cartoon. I did love that cartoon. I didn't know he was in Desperate Housewives. Neither did I. Yeah. It couldn't have been more than just a cameo. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got these celebrities who are behaving badly. We have a name for them. We call them Deeper. I'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We'd love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. And we have a name for them. That name is Bleedag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-bag? Farah Abraham. Farah Abraham. What's she Bing doing? Bong. Frequent flyer. Well, so this actually comes from a super, well, not super old, maybe like two years ago interview that Farah Abraham did with TMZ, where she says the following, Okay. My daughter and I, we run around the house naked and we just live life free. I mean, we have naked pictures on our phones of each other because we're like a mom and daughter crew. Her child. What? Yeah, her child is like 11. What? Now, I know that this was from 2018. What? But that means her child was nine. She has naked photos of her child? On her phone. Like a... I don't know. Is that a thing parents do? Because they, when they're babies, I mean, I, my, my, my thing. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I've got like pictures of my, but I don't even really, now that I think about it, like when they were infants. Yeah. But by the time they start walking and for goodness sake, like going to the bathroom in a 
proper receptacle. <laughs> you don't. There's no. That's yeah. no. So what now? Tell me more about this. Why I mean, do we know what this? What more do we need to know? This was in a TMZ interview that she did in 2018, uh, where she basically was like, you know, trying to talk about what, like, how awesome her relationship with her daughter is. They've got such a good relationship. It's such a good relationship. They go walking around the house all naked and stuff and take pictures of each other. Ish. Um. This came to our attention uh, via CheatSheet.com. Oh, they're trash. They're super trash, but sometimes they have some stuff. And uh, there, of course, is a whole Reddit thread about uh, her Ew. stellar parenting. What? Oh, about her stellar parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, where they're literally like, she's a she's a terrible mom. Um, for example, one user said, it's dangerous to have naked pictures of your children in existence. Best case scenario, no one sees them and you file them away only to cause them embarrassment as an adult. No one wants those photos unless they want those photos. And that's the thing about it is like, like, again, babies, when your babies are babies, sure, I've got a couple snaps of fresh out of the bathtub children when they were babies. But there's no, not a nine-year-old. No, no, that seems a little, no way. No way. And certainly not an 11-year-old. And, you know, I know that there are naked houses and there are not naked houses, right? What is a naked house? I don't live in a naked house. We are a modest family. Oh, Um, you mean people aren't running around with their bits hanging out? Never. Well, I don't... What house is that? Never. There are naked houses. Really? Oh, yeah. Like where the whole family just shows up naked? Where they just, like, you know, don't shut doors to places like bedrooms and bathrooms. I will say my grandmother had a very odd sense of what was appropriate when it came to bodies, Yeah, which it was probably, I don't know, maybe that was, maybe I'm the, you know, weird one, but she, you just come around a corner and she'd be like totally nudie patootie. Well, not totally, but you know, she'd be putting on her pantyhose. Is this the grandma that had in boobs? Yeah. A nickname. So you drive up on her farm and she'd be in the field, which was the front yard was like a big field. And she'd be <laughs> wearing a bra because it was it. so hot. It was just hot out there. I mean, I, you know, she was covered. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, this, I, I was, I found this story to be unsettling to say the least. It is somewhat unsettling. It's super unsettling. For and- Fair Abraham. She um, bonked her child in the head with a sex toy the other day. True, this so is actually a true story. <laughs> and we've read blind items. Oh, my, I feel so bad for that child. We've read blind items that she has a plan for her daughter that includes mm-hmm. something that can only take place when she's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And also, like, who advertises that on her, like, with... How many celebrities have had their phones hacked, et cetera? Yeah, I don't know that I would want to have naked pictures of my children on my phone. Mm-mm. And I love, because in classic Fairy Abraham fashion, I'm sure in her mind it sounded like she has such a cool relationship with her daughter. In her mind. Yeah. And the she rest of us no are like, uh, no-ish. Yeah. No. Does not have appropriate boundaries at all. None whatsoever. Who's your D bag? Thank you for asking. Um, it's it's kind of a two for three for all of the above all play, um, but mostly it's the Daily Mail for this dumb story about Jonathan Chabon because. 
Food God, by the way. They need to call him Food God because that's, that's his, his legal, legal name. name. Um, but they always refer to him as Jonathan Chabon. Anyway. I do kind of appreciate their defiance. Like, they're just like, I'm not calling him yeah. that. So Jonathan Chabon, for those of you who don't know, is Kim Kardashian's bestie. Although, really? No. In this moment? I don't know. Um, but the article uh, purports to state that Jonathan Chabon recently stepped out for lunch. Okay. Uh, after his best friend Kim Kardashian gushed about his brand new food god truffle ketchup. Which, does anything sound more vile to you than truffle ketchup? That sounds disgusting. Um, I think truffles left us in about 2009 in terms, That's of, nasty. In terms of their their cultural uh, reach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they literally caught up with Jonathan Chabon walking down the street. Now, you know that Jonathan Chabon has been trying to get as much attention as possible for himself. Mm-hmm. Mostly about his stolen watch. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, I want to take them to task for this article that uh, that was written over the weekend. On Saturday, Jonathan Chabon, known as Food God, no, that's his name, was seen leaving lunch with a small beverage in hand. Okay. The 46-year-old cut a casual figure after enjoying lunch with a pal at a celeb hotspot, Il Pasteo, in Beverly Hills. How long have you been to Il Pasteo? No, I'm not hot enough. Okay. Wow. I think you're I mean, plenty Jonathan hot. Jonathan Chabon is not hot enough. I mean. He donned a light green, uh, some light green trousers and a black and white t-shirt that said obsession. Mm. Okay, the article literally says nothing other than he walked out with a small beverage in his hand. That is literally the article. That is trash. Also, the very next thing that they talk about is his dumb $250,000 watch, and they go on to recount this tale about him having this watch stolen off his person in New Jersey uh, that was $250,000 while a gun was pointed at his friend's mom's head. I feel like this is not a real story. Oh, this is definitely not a real story. And we have talked about this multiple times. Now, there are police sketches that he worked uh, with authorities to create. So... um, Clearly, he would like you to believe this is real. But when every time he tells us about the story, it sounds so like completely made up because you have to think so like it's literally he and his friend and friend's mom were like walking down the street of some residential neighborhood and guys came up and at gunpoint forced him to give him their two his two hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch. Also, which like just think about that, like. Think about walking through a suburban neighborhood right. at night, um, like in the evening, right? Um, for like a leisurely stroll, and armed gunmen show up mm-hmm. and steal your $250,000 watch. Like it just seems too... I'm not saying it's not possible. Certainly anything is in it this world that we live. It just sounds so manufactured. It just sounds so fakey-fake. And also, it's not the first time armed people have robbed a gun or uh, taken a watch off of him mm-hmm. or tried. There was another story. I think we read this while you were gone. Yeah, because I don't know this story. So in 2000, Holly, do you remember? I don't know that... Um, it was maybe like 2011 or something. With Food God? Yeah, don't you remember last week we talked about this story about Food God? He had an um, a guy, he was out to eat, and somebody tried to steal his very expensive watch. 
but he fought off the guy and then the guy just ran away. Oh. And I was like, okay, so this is now the second time that like fancy watches have created a Yeah, a this narrative. happened in 2013 and he s- told the story to Extra Extra mm. where a man tried to steal his watch right off of his arm. But again, oh in the gosh. telling of the story, it just sounds too fanciful. Mm-hmm. And it just seems too like, oh, look, food god likes to get watches stolen. Mm-hmm. It's his, That's his go-to. Yeah, that's his signature his move. move. <laughs> right? So again, I just think that he's out here trying to get attention for this. And um, we don't have any verification that he actually... I mean, I guess if there was a police sketch, he probably filed a police report. Well, that's but, what I want. Because, well, I want to see... Does the public get to look at this? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can see the police sketch. And I will say that here's the other thing: is the police didn't arrive until after this all happened, so there was no like nobody else. No evidence. Yeah, nobody else saw this happening. Presumably, except for the woman who says she was held up at gunpoint. But I mean, police sketches have come a long way. I mean, it looks like a person. It looks like a photograph. It looks like a somebody took an actual black and white photograph of a person. Man, he's if that if that if that really is made up, and he has filed a full on report, and that ever gets found out, he's in so much trouble. I know. Mm. I'm just saying. Oh man, the mm. lengths he will go to because he's so thirsty. But also. Who walks around with a $250,000 watch? People who want you to think they're super important. I'm sorry. Yeah. People so Jonathan Chavon. And like, but like, if you're just going out for a casual walk in a neighborhood, you're just like, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. But I, I just know, feel like I don't. Have a phone on you? Yeah. Or like, just put on your Casio. Yeah, right? Your with, Casio. With or without the calculator. <laughs> You might run into some math you problems. Never you never know. You never know when you're going to have to solve for X. It's true. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, last night was the VMA Awards. I know. It surprised me as well. Um, they they said that they aired it live, and I was curious what that meant. So I paid close attention, and I have some of the how they did it for you mm. when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. So the VMAs, the Video Music Awards on MTV, aired last night. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. And, I, you know, I, I hardly even knew that they were coming until Friday. And so I felt like they really did this whole pandemic award show thing pretty quietly Mm -hmm. and then they rolled out a show that went off basically without a hitch live last night what what would you think well i thought that it was a really good first stab at an awards show in 2020 during a pandemic um we're (laughs) i know that sounds bad it doesn't say a lot right but but it also does because we've seen a lot of innovation from creatives right how do they put on a show that's entertaining while social distancing and taking into account a lot of the regulations that um that communities are finding themselves under due to covid and the the rapid spread of covid19 so what's it been so what was interesting about it was i mean i did want to tune in because i was like how are they going to do a live show how is this going to look 
Well, obviously they made good use of a green screen. There was a lot of green screen activity. Okay. But what was interesting about it was you couldn't necessarily tell who was, and I'm not going to say live because I really don't think, I think the whole thing was assembled and aired live, but it wasn't necessarily taped or performed live. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to say live, but but I do know that there were some people who actually did um, make the trek to New York to do work on the MTV VMAs. Yeah, the, a lot of performers went to New York, and they did like they didn't they had some like special rules where they didn't have to quarantine like everybody else who normally goes to New York. Yeah, but they did, but they did quarantine, and they were tested on multiple occasions before they um, took to the stage for their pre-taping. Um, for example, like Bella Hadid uh, filmed her segment ahead of time. Um, it was clear that uh, Lady Gaga, well, it wasn't clear, but Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, who did, um, who performed together. So Lady Gaga did like a medley mm-hmm. and Ariana Grande came on with her and she had her dancers with her and the whole thing. Um, but they did not, they did that remotely. So they did that elsewhere. They were not on location. But still, and Miley Cyrus, she did a performance where she came in like a disco ball um, and did one of her newer songs that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but I didn't love it. But, you know, they were decent performances. They were like VMA caliber performances. They just weren't happening in front of a live audience. It was slightly distracting because they piped in fake audience noise. Oh, sure. And you know that when you're watching yeah. it. You're like, okay, this is like Three's Company. Um, but but they, I mean, again, especially as we start to tiptoe into award season, they I really do feel like they were the first to go to tip their toe in the water of how how do we do an award show that's entertaining during a pandemic when we can't all be in an arena together. You know, And it didn't look low budget. I am increasingly amazed at the ability for the entertainment industry to create solutions and figure out ways to uh, make and earn money and keep people employed during this very difficult time and moment. However, I'm very frustrated (laughs) with the fact that like the rest of us don't have access to all of the resources that these people do. I mean, it is somewhat frustrating, like, and it only becomes more obvious um, and I'm trying not to be a wet blanket unnecessarily, but like it as I'm like watching the like Lady Gaga performance, but then I'm also thinking about just other things, you know, whether it's like what sports teams are doing, sports leagues are doing in order to continue doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Like people have all these like uh, people, businesses and corporations have all this access to resources in order to do these things. Like, Tests. you know, you see how uh, much infrastructure they're able to build in order to make these things happen according to like recommendations. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But like, but your kids can't go to school. Right. Or your kids are going to school, but they don't have access to the same resources. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so that's the, I mean, that's the mildly frustrating thing. Like on one level, it's super cool to see that like, they're able to bring these resources to bear in order to keep again to give people a job, keep people employed, entertain people. It's all all of this is very important stuff. I don't want to pick like, you know, pick on entertainers 
unnecessarily or sports people unnecessarily, but I do think that it it it's mildly frustrating anyway that, you know, um not everybody has access to this kind of I, stuff. I I don't disagree with you. I so don't disagree my, with you. You know, again, I'm I'm I am excited, but it it almost is going to create. It'll be interesting to see as we go forward with additional award ceremonies as we go through the award season, as we see um, sort of the these things take place. Like if it's going to increasingly seem like there's two systems at work, like there's the system that you and I and everybody else have mm-hmm. to like uh, get through uh, in order to do our you know, jobs and lives. And then like, if you're a celebrity or you're in a certain industry, then you have preferential access to resources. I mean, if I'll just put it plainly, like, you know, you and I both have know of many people who have tried to get access to tests and it's very difficult to get tested. And they had enough to do this several times. Well, yeah, I mean, in certain industries, I have friends who work in different industries where testing is just routine. And I'm not talking about people who are in uh, the medical field. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, in the medical um, field, you want to have people with access to tests because they're the frontline workers. But I have people uh, or I know I have people in my life who are getting tested like every two weeks because of uh, the business that they live in Mm -hmm. or work in. And their business has nothing to do with, you know, (laughs) right. Healthcare workers, right. and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for them, and I'm grateful for their. Or I'm happy for their industry, but at the same time, you know why? Why do some industries get more preference? Mm, I you know? think that we have a good idea. I mean, money. Thank yeah. you. Um, also, I do just want to say finally that uh, that Lady Gaga, and this is the thing you will hear about. This was like the big headline. She had a very extensive mask wardrobe. For yeah, this she occasion, was like rocking all the different masks, and and it was definitely. I mean, she was definitely using her platform. Um, her, you know, her sort of motto was "Be kind, mask up, be brave," and she had quite, quite the mask wardrobe yeah. and made it very fun, which is like such a Lady Gaga thing. But every time she spoke, she said, "Wear a mask, be kind, wear a mask." She said it during her set. She said it when she accepted her award. Um, it was def. She definitely was using that platform to get that word out. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that was kind of awesome of yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyway, I don't know. Some of the performances are worth going back and watching, just because. I don't know. Hopefully, this will be the last time we have to do mm-hmm. a weird pandemic um, award show. Yeah. So it was a one of a kind experience. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. Another one-of-a-kind experience. Uh, What's the best takeout burger? 651-641-1071. What's the best place to get your takeout burger from after this? Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.